here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be episode 78, and I finally conned Chuck to come into the office. He finally left his house, drove a little bit, didn't go hunting for one morning to come up here to shoot interviews, and he's finally going to get on the podcast. It's all lies. This is all lies. I mean, just first started out with nothing but lies. You've got to, you've got to just about con him, lie to him, cheat him to get him to come up here. He just He thinks that coming north to my house is... The devil. Why this, do you think that? Well, first of all, this is Egypt. And, <laughs> not you know, Egypt. Seriously, North Georgia is as one of the godforsaken places that I try to stay away from. First and foremost. Hunting sucks. The there's hunting no, sucks. There's right. no doubt about it. There is nothing to do here that is cool besides <laughs> look for besides gold. Besides hanging out with me. Well, like, you see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, that's cool, but I would rather hang out with you somewhere that we can shoot stuff. Well, that's true. So, But no, uh, North Georgia just sucks for everything. I mean. You know, being short and fat, these mountains are not appealing <laughs> to me. The only reason I like the mountains out west is because they're stuff to shoot. So, yeah. you throw a lot of people in, steep mountains, yeah, I'm out, dog. Yes, yeah. the hunting does, the hunting really sucks. I tell yeah. my dad that. I was talking to my dad and my uncle last night, and we're like, has anybody hunted here, like on our little family property this year? And we're like, no, it's not, we don't even go, it's not even worth it. Yeah, and and you tell people that, that. You know, from other states, are like, oh, y'all got the Appalachian Mountains, you got bears and deer, and you know, I was like, you know, there's two um, in the county, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then there's three million people, so it's chasing like, chasing those same two, yeah, yeah, and you got to, you know, but they love it, man. It's people up here freaking love oh, yeah. it, yeah. Well, that's just because they don't know any better. That's the truth. They and never I tell them the that state. all the time. They never leave the state, and you know, I'm not knocking anybody because I used to be naive. I used <laughs> to think that. This is great. I seen a deer this weekend. Yeah. And then once you travel somewhere to where there's great deer hunting, whether it be East Georgia, South Georgia, or just out of the state, and then you're just like, well, God, that sucks. Yeah. yeah, it's ten minutes from the house, but man, that's terrible. Yeah. So, but I'm here though. That's yeah. the big thing. So, Fine. Finally. So I'm fixing a podcast. Been, gonna remake some stuff. Been waiting on you all flipping <laughs> year. Come on, man. Don't lie to these people. Well, I was kind of going to do a little intro for you and kind of, I think I talked about you once or twice on the podcast, never good. Um, Probably not. And, uh, but Chuck and I have been filming together pretty much for five years now. Yeah. Starting six. Yeah. Uh, I keep track of it every day. It's the worst thing ever happened to me. (laughs) So we have, (laughs) I've spent season one of The Habit. I spent more, probably more time with you than I did with my wife, believe it or not. Mm. Things just went there, didn't they? It was a lot. Just got gay on me. (laughs) Well, Well. we spent, I kept up with it. The first year (laughs) of the habit, we did 426 hours in the truck that I figured up. That was in one season to film 13 shows. That was probably over 15 or 16 trips, though. Yeah, we we did have some duds that first year that was really bad. You think? Yeah. Which one? I mean, we always have a few every year that kind of go south, but that's that's just hunting. But yeah, but we have right. learned a lot yeah. since season one. Yeah, we actually fly on planes now. Yeah, instead of drive everywhere. Yeah, we drive. Um, still drive a lot of places. Yeah, yeah we. Do. But I flew on a plane more this year than I ever have, and it just progressively every year I fly more and more and more, and I don't like it. But, I mean, you talked about that this morning, about where we're going to move one of these days when we finally make it. 
and get out of this godforsaken area. <laughs> and we're we're kind of we're kind of we're jumping back and forth between North Texas, Oklahoma, maybe a Kansas, maybe a Southwest Missouri, something like that. Yeah, somewhere just in the middle. Yeah, you know? and I think that does come from driving so much. Yeah, like I'm looking if if we pick up and and relocate to where we are the most efficient, you know, mm-hmm. in the center. You yeah. know me. I mean, heck, I look at it and I go, well, we can do what we do from anywhere. Yeah. But if we can get in the middle of everything, how much more efficient is it going to be and how much more opportunity are we going to have open up? But I've kind of I've kind of spoiled now because I don't know if I can get this internet just quite anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's funny you say that. I was looking at jobs in Amarillo, Texas uh, over the Christmas break and, uh, you know, just dreaming about being rich and doing cool stuff and that was one of the things that they had listed on some of them was the internet speeds. Really? Coverage, yeah, like 5G. That is a places. selling feature, though, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, and I was just like, dang, dude, that's that's a big deal. But, you know, our I'd have never thought about that. Well, that's kind of, you know, me being, you know, savvy. I'm leading into what we're going to talk about here. <laughs> yeah, here we go. That's my savviness. <laughs> I need to put out. my waiters on. <laughs> right, right, that's my savviness. <laughs> but that is what we're going to talk about today is how everything is changing and how it's all based, which, you know, just as well as anybody, but... I don't know about the people listening, but, you know, when's the last time you heard somebody, hey, man, did you see that on TV? No. They say, did you see that on Instagram? Did you see that on Facebook? Did you see that post? It's not, you know, it's not what you see on TV anymore. It's what, and that, getting back to my point, that's the the high-speed internet. I mean, you just, once you got that, man, it spoils you. Real bad. Real, real bad. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is the microphone hurting your head? Yeah. Well, all, all you're moving around, I can hear your wire rubbing over there. You need to chill oh, out dude. over there, man. I've had too much coffee. I'm whacked out right now. You drove. And what time do you leave your house this morning? I left the house at 4 o'clock this morning. Yeah. It did not take you three in now, three hours and 15 minutes to get dude, here. I had to stop and get a biscuit. <laughs> well, I know okay. that. Okay. Andy's what opens. So you didn't stop there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop and get a biscuit. I had to, had to, you know, I had like. I had like three cups of coffee I made God. before I left the house, so there was at least two pit stops on the way up here. Well, you know what that was for. Right, because I was browsing at the convenience store. Yeah, that's Looking, what it was. No, because I had to go work out. <laughs> <laughs> you know better than that. Dude, that was a lot. <laughs> I was, uh, waiting. Was, I was yeah. waiting on something like yeah, that. Yeah, no. Oh, God. Well, I was trying to think while we while you were talking in line to everybody about working out. Um I was trying to think of how many – I was trying to even think of a remotely close number of how many shows we have filmed and edited together, filmed and shot. I mean, I don't know. It's a bunch. Yeah. I mean, how we've done – It's going to be 60. We did a – what we do, 10 or 11 this year? 9 or 10 or 11? I well, don't Well, we've know. done 11 so far, and then the four seasons we aired on the network. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's four – that's 52, and then, yeah, so we're over 60. So we're over. It feels like way more than that. It does. I'm just but talking you know, about having to spend time with you. Yeah, it's kind of like being married, though. You look back and you go, my God, it's been 15 years, you know, and you're like, but I don't remember anything before that. Yeah, well, we're going to get into a couple stories at the end of this because we've got, we'll have to narrow it down because we've got entirely too many uh, good and funny and really awful because um, we've been at every part of it from – some of the best hunts we've ever been on to by far some of the worst, best trips, best outfitters, worst outfitters, everything in between. You know, we've we've gotten to do a lot together, see a lot together, spend a lot of time together. And, um, and 
you know, kind of like when I was talking with Brian, I had Brian on a couple uh, episodes ago, how working with somebody that you enjoy spending time with makes, not only does it make the, make the time spent better, but it makes the content better. It makes uh, the shows better. Um, because, I mean, really, in the beginning we did a little bit. You know, when I was behind the camera, I'd try and produce a little bit and say, hey, you know, tell me about this. But now, I really don't say a whole lot. You know what to do. I know what to do. We go do our job. We have a good time, and we come back. You know, it's, I, you know, we were watching some clips earlier. You know, I, I point the camera at you. You know what I need. Right. I think it's just repetition. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing about it. There's not, you know, I think a lot of guys that, you know, from coming to your film schools and hanging out with the new guys coming up, I think a lot of people think that there's just, uh, there's this huge learning curve and it's just like, it's out of their reach. Mm -hmm. And then once you do it a couple of times, you're like, well, hell, that was easy. Well, they think there's some magic or some secret that somebody's not telling them. And, you know, but, but, you know, it's that way with anything. I mean, with, with plumbing or, or filming the show or, you know, even deer hunting, it's all just repetition. You know, if you keep, if you do the same thing and, and it's successful, just keep doing it. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what we did. Okay, this works. Yeah, sponsors Pe- like it. Well, pe- hell, let's just keep doing this. People enjoy it. Let's keep doing that. Right. Yeah, and that and it does make it easier. Like you said, you know, when you got somebody that you can laugh and cut up. I mean, you think about some of the hardest times in my life I've ever laughed is when we're sitting in the stand. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like the my pro, number the one propane. Is my def. That's my number one. Yeah, for sure. We'll tell that story in a little bit. Yeah, and then then that one time that I actually made myself pass out. <laughs> Me and Kyle were laughing so hard in the deer stand. About it being such a junky deer stand, and I was going to plummet to my death. We got to laughing so hard, I blacked out for a minute. I, I looked up at him, and I had the wawas. You know, it's like I've been huffing gas or something. I looked up at him, and he was looking down on me, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I think I just passed out, dude." And he said, "I think you did." <laughs> and it was from laughing so damn hard. I mean, because my head was just going whoa, whoa, and it was because I was trying to hold it back. But we laughed. I don't even remember what it was about. I mean, I, I mean, I remember it was about the deer stand, but there was something really funny about it but, but then in the propane you know, like, well we might as well go ahead and tell the story so, so <laughs> we were we were in missouri at at uh jp's farm. one of jp's farms and he stuck us in a redneck blind it was cold as crap it was late season were we bow hunting or rifle hunting no we were bow hunting were it was the late hunting? season hunt yeah and we got to the um we got to that redneck blind and there's one of those little buddy heaters in the corner and like a half a dozen of those little propane bottles, but every one of them were like pretty much empty. Mm-hmm. And your theory was JP did it on purpose, right? He was trying to freeze us out. Yeah, so it was cold as crap. We had on a ton of clothes, and you screwed in a propane bottle, and you started the you started the um, the buddy heater, and it run for what two minutes, and then go poof, yeah, and it, run out of fuel. Yeah, about the time the thermocouple would get hot, it would go off. And we did that how many times? Two or three oh, different times? Yeah, at least. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I should have known right then that the heater had malfunctioned. <laughs> and we were being sabotaged. <laughs> yeah. But after that, little did we know that it was just going out and the propane was flowing freely in there. Yeah. Because we could smell it. Yeah. <laughs> and we're know, in a closed blind. Right, in an airtight blind. But... You can smell a little bit of propane. I mean, that's why they make it smell so bad. It's because a little bit smells just like a whole bunch. But little did we know it would actually get you high (laughs) if you smelled a whole bunch for an extended amount of time. 
Did you we know. ever open the door? Were we ever smart enough to open no, the door? No, we were not. We did. Well, I noticed the red tint to your skin. <laughs> you know, but looking back on it now, I would recognize that as either carbon monoxide poisoning or that you were being gassed. But at the time, I, it didn't just register because so, I was laughing so hard. It so was like what, I was at the dentist and laughing. What made, what made me laugh? So what made us laugh so hard? <laughs> what, what did you do? Oh, well, I acted like, yeah, that's what started it. I was it? filming, I was running the camera, and I yeah. turned the camera to you because I was going to, like a producer, I'm like, this is funny, let's let's say a bit about this. I get shots of the propane heater bottles, out, the right. heater going out, and you you half, you know, half-heartedly cussing it, like, take him to JP, and I turned the camera to you, I'm like, what's going on? And you're like, I don't know, is that carbon monot? <laughs> yeah, and then I just act like I passed out in the floor. <laughs> but little did you know that I really felt, woozy like i was gonna pass out and you know? dude that that right there just triggered both of us right we and absolutely lo- hey dude how long did we laugh the whole evening that's the probably why hunting, we didn't kill anything hunting was useless from then on yeah out. that like, was probably the weird. whole the whole blind was shaking and we would laugh and then we'd stop laughing look at each other and start <laughs> laughing again it's like being in school when you're a kid and you're not supposed to laugh and you look at your buddy and then he starts laughing like, yeah you know something like that it was my farts in the class <laughs> you can't help it you, and then once you get tickled it's just it just rolls yeah, but I, I know that has happened a couple of times with us recently in texas when you fell out of the chair <laughs> Yeah, I about broke my back, and you find that hilarious, which I do too. I, I, if I, it would have been me, I do. I, I, I will admit that I find, and my wife says this quite often when I'll be sitting on the couch and just bust out laughing, and yeah. she's like, "What are you looking at?" And I'll show her my phone, and she's like, "Somebody getting messed that up." That guy got hurt, and I'm like, yeah, "I know. Look at his legs snapped." And she's like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "That is hilarious. <laughs> that is absolute gold." And and I can't help it, you know. So yeah, if I if best, you would have fell out and your legs would have went over your head and touched the ground, reverse scorpion, I'd have The to. best part is before your chair broke, you literally no more got out of your mouth. Right, that Troy gave you a ganked up chair, yeah. and it popped. And I look over, and all I see is the bottoms of your boots <laughs> going over your head. Yeah, and you didn't roll to one side or the other. It was a no. straight back. Yeah, straight back flip. One hundred percent reverse scorpion. <laughs> I felt the tips of my toes touched. The ground behind my ears. It was like a scene from a prison. Oh, God. It was terrible. That's great. Yeah. Oh, and we laughed at that. Thank God that, that Troy was still driving around in the Jeep. So we were, we were a little muffled. And when you're trying to hold a laugh in, it's even worse. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. All right. Now let's get back to what we're talking about. So I wanted to talk to you about what me and you talk about all the time. And the habit started on television. It's transitioning to web now. Mm-hmm. So the reason for that and first of all, how has social media and that device that you have in your hand, how has that just completely changed what we do? Or what pretty much what everybody does, but especially yeah. relevant to what we do. Well, I think being on the on the other end of the spectrum, you know, when we came from you and I both coming up, you know, we seen all the great television shows, the hunting shows, you know, they just broke the seal. The golden age, man. Right, on the hunting industry. I mean, they just basically come in and it was just awesome, you know. You had the, the bone collectors, the Leontiffs and, you know, Pigman and, you know, all these guys that, that I, I look at and go, man, they are super successful and, and they did it right, you know. And to go from that to 
you know, fast forward 10 years after that, you know, we start doing a television show. It's like we got in on the tail end of it. The very I, tail end. I have a unique way of doing that, um, <laughs> you know, dollar short, day late. Yeah. But, um, but, but it's just changed so much. And, you know, we, we talk about it, of course, with our sponsors and, and you know, you and I and other people that, that film. It's just when you look at someone's screen time on their phone and you see six, seven, eight hours a day, you know, and, and it's funny when I meet people and we talk about it and they're like, man, there ain't no way I spend that much time on my phone. I'm like, you ever check your screen time? And they're yeah. like, how do you do that? And you show them and they're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I spent five hours on my phone today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you were at work for how many hours? Yeah. You know, eight hours. And then you still got five hours of screen time. So how much work were you doing? Yeah. Well, you know, used to, that that time used to be spent in front of the TV. The guy would come in, take his work boots off and sit down, crack a beer, watch TV. Yep. Watch the six o'clock news. Well, that's over with. Yeah. Um, you know, you think about it. Uh, now, now, nowadays, we get um, our sports. We get our our weather. We get our Everything. news. We Everything. get breaking current events. I mean, fashion. You, you know, it's a new sale on a, on you know anything new. We see it on Facebook or Instagram. Instagram, yeah. You know, targeted ads. I mean, the phones are listening to you. Whatever you say. You see a targeted ad for it, you know, mm-hmm. um, depending on where you go. I mean, the GPS trackers are showing, oh, you're at so-and-so's, you know, boutique. Would you like to go look at this? And yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a monster. Yeah. It really is. But well, that's the way everything's going. Oh, yeah. Well, that's how everything's going. And, you know, the, the hunting industry is usually five to ten years behind mainstream. You know, you've got the Netflix. You've got Amazon Prime Video. You've got, you know, pretty much all the – major networks now have a streaming service because they saw the writing on the wall. Um, and they're kind of, they're being pretty smart about it to where you still have to have a cable provider in some sort, or you have to pay a monthly fee in order to get their channel or whatever. But the hunting industry is just now getting to the place where we have a couple of offerings. And I tell people it's kind of like betting on horses at the moment because right now there's Mossy Oak Go, there's Carbon TV, there's um, Outdoor TV, there's Realtree 365, there's, oh God, who Prob- knows? Yeah. Probably a dozen other ones that I don't, you know, know about or don't really pay attention to. And essentially, you know, there's those networks or those mediums are trying to find a way to make themselves viable for shows like us and others to sell ourselves to sponsors to create quality content and bring eyeballs in. And uh, that's that's really... And, and the reason I guess I say they're betting on horses is because, in my opinion, not all of them can live. You know, right. they all can't be there. There's going to have to be the Netflix of hunting. There's going to have to be whatever that is. Um, and, and and the biggest change to me has been, and honestly my favorite part, has been not having to produce television in the sense that how small the, how much smaller the budgets have gotten. Now, the timelines have shrunk, but... Our budget's a lot. We don't have to pay air times. We can produce a show a lot cheaper. We can do shows a lot quicker. We don't have production guidelines. Um, and we honestly don't have the networks to deal with. Right. And that's the big thing for me, you know, is that for anybody that doesn't know, when you start dealing with a network, and I'm, you know, Outdoor Channel, Sportsman's Channel, um, I don't know about Pursuit because I've never dealt with those guys over there. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're along the same lines. But – probably not as bad as the other two. Um, man, it's like buying a used car, yeah. you know? Basically, they extort you for as much as they can get out of you. Yeah. You know, um, that was one of my decisions for taking the habit off the air 
and go, and going ahead and making the plunge onto the digital side. You know, when you are buying a product for four years, and after four years you start seeing less value in that product, but yet the person you're buying it from tells you that it's thirty percent greater value. You know, and you're saying no, it's not, and the numbers are telling you no, it's not. Then you know, either a, what do you have to do as a small business? Well, I have to take thirty percent of the price off. Or I have to find another way to deliver that value. Yeah. And the networks just can't do it now because people are just on their – they're not only – I don't think – I think the, the big revolution is is everybody says people are unplugging, people are unplugging, people are unplugging. No, I don't, I don't think the big revolution is people unplugging. It's people not watching, period. Yeah. It's like me. When I go in my house, I still have satellite. Yeah. But do I watch it? No. My wife has it for Lifetime movies. God. That's the only reason I pay $130 a month. It's so when my mother comes over to my house to watch my kids or my wife's there when she's out of school for a week, she gets to watch old movies in a lifetime. That's the only reason. Yeah. If if they told me they didn't want to watch, that, that they didn't care, I'd have it turned off tomorrow. Yeah, we're about my, to turn ours off. Yeah, because my life revolves around my phone, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's life is that way. You know, no matter where you go from nationwide, I mean, look how many people, you know, there's studies that say your phone's no more than three foot away from you. Look at both of us sitting here. It's within arm reach. When I sleep at night, it's within arm's reach. I don't carry a TV around in my truck. No. I got my phone. When I'm sitting in traffic, I'm looking on my phone. Everybody. Yeah, walk into an airport, walk into a restaurant, walk into anywhere and look at 80% of people got their phone in their hand. People are zombies, you know. Um, But touching base on what you said earlier, you know, with the sponsors, that's the hard part is, is, is showing the value. Like for me this year, you know, this is the first year we've done digital. And for me... Is the value there for a someone to go to YouTube and check it out? It is, and it ain't. It is because if if they already know you and they want to see what you're doing, that's great. But I think what drives it is a good social media presence mm-hmm. and being interactive with people. You know, and that's something that that that's always intrigued me about the social media platforms. Is man, people DM me all the time, and you would be surprised how many of them say. Man, thanks for responding to me. I can't believe you. I can't believe you took time to respond to me. That's even me. Yeah, I don't have a following. Well, everybody, you have. everybody yeah. does. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, I, I use this story all the time when I talk to people that want to get into, you know, crazy and want to try to do this for a living. <laughs> and and I tell them the story about me being a, a kid. I can't remember how old I was, but I I could probably figure it out because I still have the letter in my safe. But my dad sat down with me. When I was a kid, I mean, you know, like I said, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and uh, helped me write a letter to Bill Dance, just basically telling him how much I love, you know, watching his show and everything, and and I wanted to be a professional fisherman when I grew up and all this stuff. Dude, hand wrote me a letter. Well, actually, typed it up, signed it, hand signed it, and sent me a couple bottles of fish formula. Like I said, that letter's in my safe, and it's from the '80s. Sometimes I can't remember the exact date, but it's in my safe. And and for him, you know, back in those days. You think about a celebrity sitting down and having to get a typewriter yep. or getting a, even if they had his secretary, you know, and he did a dictate, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then sign it. For me to sit there with my phone and somebody send me a DM and may go, yeah, man, uh, have a good hunt. How that's much simpler awesome. it was, yeah. 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 If you're not going to take the time to do that, man, you're in the wrong business. Well, and that's why Bill Dance has been around for it, 30, yeah. 40 years. It's like Johnny Morris. Yeah. Handwriting people letters. You know, people send him a letter and he'll handwrite them and people are like, holy crap, I can't believe this guy. Owns Bass Pro Shop, see me look. I'm like, yeah, that's why he owns Bass that's Pro what, Shop. Yeah, but that's what good people do. Yeah, you know, and that and that's part of the job. And I think that's where uh, 
I think that's where the social media is just killing TV. It's because if you send one of the guys on sports, the head guy on, you know, Sportsman's Channel, Outdoor Channel, a, a written letter, you think they're going to write you a letter back? No. And I'm not knocking them. I'm no. just saying nobody does it anymore. No. But if you send, you know, you shoot Pigman, you know, with that gum of DM, I guarantee you, either him or Justin's going to get back to you. Yeah. And he's going to be like, heck yeah, man, go knock him out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's right there at his fingertips. Yeah. It's just the way of the future. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, and another way that it's changed is back in the golden age of television, 15, maybe 20 years ago, probably 15 years ago, back when, you know, uh, real tree road trips and bone collector and, um, you know, the, the OGs that have been around forever that are still there. You know, that was the golden age when those shows started. Um, back then, and this is something that we talked to um, that to uh, Kip about at Red Arrow, and he said when it was just TV and he only had to worry about a TV show, he said those were the best times. He said I only had to go out, produce my shows, do them the best I could, be myself, go hunting. He said it was great. He said, now it's so much more difficult because we've got to do the television shows. I'm going to do product sponsors, product videos, segment sponsors, social media accounts for pretty much every brand that I'm associated with. I've got to make posts. I've got to do giveaways. He's like, and it's and it's right now. They need it right now. They needed it yesterday. Yep. Uh, and they told me about it today. You know, it's one of those things. He's like, it just makes things way harder and there's and you're pulled in so many different directions for pretty much less money you know he's like there's so much more to do and there's not no more money for it but if you don't have if you don't have your tentacles in all of those places if you don't have a great social media account if you don't post every day if you don't have a facebook if you don't have instagram if you don't have you know a, a show um you're doing appearances you're doing you, you know the whole gamut of things well, then you're irrelevant because if you're not doing it, somebody else is, right. you know? And, you know, even even with podcasts, there's a lot of people that have podcasts now, and they're simple to do, but they take time. Yep. You know, they take time, they cost money, um, but they have value, but that's just one more thing for people to do, you know? Um, and I think that's a, a big thing that's changed is because I know a lot of people that hate social media. I don't, it's not that I hate it. If it didn't exist, I'd be okay. But it's one of those things to where it's all these necessary evils that have essentially we you know these shows have had to become a slave to just to a sponsor even more than they used to be right you know because people get because that's that's the number one complaint I hear when when people find out what I do like man I don't watch hunting shows no more because all they are is infomercials mm-hmm. well that's been created by the sponsors right and and, because, and you can't you can't blame them because no, they're wanting can't. return for their dollars yeah and you know and that's that's where i think a lot of people uh get the false sense that these hunting shows you know because the biggest thing you know of course you hear is man that's awesome you got a television show and man that's awesome to get paid to go hunt and fish you know and and the tv show you know pays for it mm-hmm. and, and and yes that's true in a sense but a lot of people don't understand no these guys pay to be on tv yeah, you know when you start looking at the primetime shows that are paying quarter million dollars a year for airtime, you know two hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for airtime, that money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, you know much less a, a two hundred thousand dollar budget, you know for hunts and and uh, you know filming. So yeah, I think you're right that you know there's a lot of people out there that don't see the big picture, 
and social media kind of makes it look a little different. And, and I know there's a lot more work that goes into it now. Um, you know, taking it back even further than what you were talking about. Think about the early days, like when Cuz and, and the Primos guys and, and those guys, you know, I remember going to the Buck Ram and they're, they're down there VHS, selling yeah. Yeah, VHS tapes for 35 bucks a pop. Can't Cut, sell them fast That's enough. what Cuz told me. He said, you know, we come in there and pop the trunk, man, they, like ghetto style, selling a mixtape. They're selling VHS, you know, out of the back of a pickup truck. As many as they could bring, 35 bucks a pop. And how easy was that? You yeah. know, but but at the, at the same time, it was just a different way of delivering the same message. I think, you know, I love social media. I love I love getting on my phone and scrolling through and seeing what you're doing today mm-hmm. or or seeing, like, Instagram stories. That's that's where I get my biggest hits, you know, because it's just – well, hey, what's he doing today? But I go through and I watch everybody. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. So-and-so's doing this after work or so-and-so's doing this and, you know, or, or they're, you know, somebody's hunting this or whatever. And it just kind of takes you, it's, it's entertainment, yeah. you know, but it's a different medium than sitting down and watching a 30-minute show and, like you said, having to wade through commercials and having to wade through segments and having to, you know, it's kind of all the good without all the bad. Yeah. And I think moving forward, a lot of the guys that's going to be successful – um, in the near future are going to be the guys that, that have the frequency of the social media appearances, but they're still working their sponsorship in there to where their sponsors see the value. Well, I want to talk about, too, the, and I, I mentioned it earlier, the difference in budget between television and a web show. So, And, and that's going to be different for different shows, but in, kind of in perspective, you know, to do it to do a big show to do a 13 episode show on Sportsman Channel you're going to be in you're going to be into airtime about $100,000 yeah round, minimum, rough, minimum roughly yeah, yeah that's you know, what, some some more some maybe a touch less but that's going to be the baseline for 13 episodes thir- third and fourth quarter okay so you paid $100,000 just to get the show there you haven't filmed anything you haven't been anywhere you haven't hired a production company you ain't bought a camera you ain't done nothing so you're $100,000 in hole for you've started anything yep you're going to have 30 to 50 as a small show in travel and hunting budget. Yeah, I think we did the first year of the habit. Is like Just 30. under 30, and yeah. we, I mean, we scraped. Well, we called on everybody for every favor. I yeah. Mean, yours. And that was generally two hosts, sometimes three. Mm-hmm. So if you did it with one host, you're probably going to be in that 30 to 50, maybe, you know, yeah, for your hunt budget. Because I think what you would lose in – Content, you know, I think you would have to pay extra. You know, you'd have to do 15 shows instead of doing 13 because mm-hmm. you only have one guy hunting at a time. So you're going to have that in hunts and travel. So you're at 130. Well, you're either going to spend a lot of your own time editing your own stuff and self-filming it, which we all know is really tough. And to do a sportsman channel show, your outdoor channel show, you're probably not going to be self-filming it. So now you've got to hire production. You either got to hire some one, you know, dude full time to to follow you around for thirteen shows, which probably is probably the most feasible at the end of the day, or you hire a production company. So you're going to be in the hole for production between lowest end fifty, highest end three hundred. <laughs> so let's just cut it in the middle and say a hundred thousand dollars. So you you know so you're two hundred and thirty thousand dollars in the hole. Before you've done anything. Okay, right. so how do you recoup that money? Well, you've got to take those eight minutes of commercial spots, which will be 16 commercials, and you've got to try and sell those to the same people that everybody else is selling theirs to. Or you've got to figure out a way to diversify um, and, and go after non-endemics or things like that. So 
that's to recoup your money. That's before you've made any money. So you've got to you've got to sell two hundred thirty grand before you make a dime. Yeah, and that and that's what people you know have to remember is that if you say thirteen shows, um, and this is what you know I had to look at every year. Okay, if it takes you three to five days to film a show, and I say three to five days, you know, just remember a travel day to get there. Most of the time, I travel day to get home and hunt three days. Yeah. Well, if you can, if you can do a successful hunt every five, you know, every five days you spend on the road, you're knocking it out. Yeah. I mean, most people Knock are going to tell out. you that's not going to happen. And you know, we're not picky on the stuff we shoot, so that is why we're not. Yeah. Because Think about doing a trophy whitetail. Exactly. Show. You just can't do it. Dude. You know? Oh my gosh! I can't so, imagine doing it. So yeah. So every show you're looking at being gone five days. Let's just say you know minimum. Yeah. Yeah. For thirteen. 13 shows well that's 13 weeks mm-hmm. out of the year you're gone and guess what those 13 weeks are that's halloween that's thanksgiving that's christmas mm-hmm. that's new year's oh wait a minute don't forget about throwing ata in mm-hmm. that week and throwing in shot mm-hmm. that week and uh, nwtf oh don't forget about the spring classic that yeah. week yeah you know nwtf that week you know and that's what people don't understand but that's that you're not important. getting paid to go to. You're not getting paid. You're spending your money, yeah. and you're out of work. And that's my big thing is that instead of making my weekly check that I make because I work for myself, well, I'm not there, so nobody makes any money for mm-hmm. me. So not only are you in the hole 250, but let's just say you make sixty thousand dollars a year, <laughs> and and you know now say you lose that twenty five thousand dollars in revenue. You know if by being gone. X amount of weeks. Say you're gone 25 weeks out of the yeah. year, you know, or or you eat up 20, you know, that's half a year you eat up. To well, this. yeah, but when you get, so, but if you get sponsors that they're going to pay you, they pay on time every time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing that, that people don't get either with the sponsorship. You know, these guys, they work on, a lot of them do two-year budget planning. Um, so when they do commit to your show, if they commit, to your if show. they commit to your show, and they don't let you film all year and then back out on you, like we've had some do, um, if they commit to your show and sign a contract, well, they might not pay. They might not pay till December. Yeah. Well, now you've went all year, and you're still paying for your production. You're still paying for your hunts. You're still paying. That money's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. So you got to be floating. Yeah. You know? And guess what? And you also got to pay for that airtime, mm-hmm. whether the sponsors pay or not. So, yeah, you know, it's a. It, that's the reason we left, you know, TV. It's just, and then. But it sounds like such a good deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to it. And I'm not gripping about it. I'm not complaining at all. I mean, we had a freaking good run. And, you know, I've always said to anybody that'll listen, the best thing that come out of having a television show is the people I've met. Mm-hmm. Not only in the hunting industry, but just the people, the friends. Think about the friends we've made from the hunts oh, we've been on. And but sometimes the majority of my friends are from doing this job. Right. Right, that same here. And it's not always the people that we go hunting with. Um, it's the people you meet while you're there or yeah. in between at an airport or, or you know. Well, that's or, that's or the, half the reason I go to ATA. It's not for business. It's to see all my buddies. Yeah, that you see throughout the yeah. year or, or follow on social media and you, you just want to, you know, and shake hands and, and cut up for a little bit. So, but yeah, TV sucks. Social media is good. Yeah, and I, well, I'm not even saying that I'm anti-TV. You know, I, I'm saying if – if it if it works out, a sponsor needs it. We've got the budget. Things work out. You know, paperwork's good. I'm not against doing TV again with right. with you or anybody else. I'm just saying, our situation and most situations that I'm aware of, it wasn't feasible and it didn't make sense to continue to pay that money 
to chase sponsors that we had then, and you still have some now, and it's just, it didn't make sense. And, and since we've went, been to web, and I haven't done TV in almost three years, two and a half years, dude, it's been beautiful for me. I love it. The timeline shrunk. Now, that's that's a big difference. Yeah. You know, we don't get six, eight, nine months to do a show turnaround now. You know, we're trying to turn around in two or three weeks, and most of the time we do. You know, in the fall when it gets into the thick of things, it's hard to turn them around that fast. But especially with us, since we're doing three series now, it's, it's hard to turn them around that quickly. But um, that's been the big difference for me. Like, what do you – do? You, did you notice the timeline shrinking? I mean – I do, and I like it though. I like it. I think it's more well, relevant. I think it makes. I think it makes way more sense for sponsors, right? Because everybody's coming out every year with new stuff. You know, that's why you have the ATA. That's why you have the Shot Show. And what happens is, is instead of us filming these shows, you know, and 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 having to set on them till third and fourth quarter of next year, film them this year, and then air them next year. Well, those products are, are already out, and now that now everybody's looking at the new products. I mean, look at all the bow companies that are releasing stuff, you know, early now. Oh, it's now it's an arms race now. Right. So, you know, with me, I think the, the digital platforms are letting you get out there and be more relevant. You know, if you can go film a show with a brand-new brand new gun or a brand-new bow or a brand-new broadhead that's going to be out this year, and I can film a show and it be out in two weeks – I think it's a lot more relevant. I think you're going to drive more eyes to that new product, and I think you're going to move the needle for people a whole lot better than me sitting on it until next year. Well, and yeah. it's also to the place to where, which I don't understand why some of these marketing directors don't take take advantage of some of this stuff, but we're at a place now with with our, with our your show, with the stuff I do with Brian, the stuff I do, which sometimes with Dudley we do, do stuff like this, and with others, and with, with even with stuff like Rambo with the beauty of social media and how fast I can turn things now, you know, in relation to television turnaround times, you know, perfect world. Um, we can shoot something in the morning and I can have it out that afternoon. Right. You know, and that's, and I've done that before. Yeah. To an extent. But, but it's to the point to where if, if we had a sponsor, Mossy Oak or, you know, somebody like that calls say, Hey, we got a new pattern and we need, we're, we're shipping it to you, and y'all are going on a hunt next week. When y'all get in camp, if you could shoot me a video of talking about this pattern, blah, 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 or using it, you know, hunting ducks or whatever, and then send me the footage or edit me a one-minute Instagram video, we can do that. We can do it that day. We can do it in two days, you know. Television doesn't work that way. No, no, and, and you're legally constrained, too, on the, yeah. on the, on the uh, network as far as being able to recycle that footage, you know, like – I always strive to get us the six-year mark, or six-year, six-month mark. Um, but most of the time, they ask for twelve months. You know that, that that they have legal rights to that footage, and you can't recirculate it anywhere. So yeah, I mean, now there's no holds on any of the stuff and and the content. We can use it wherever we want to, and our sponsors can use it anywhere. And we, we can want get to. it out as quick as they need it. If they right. get us the product in hand, we can get it out. And that's what that's what it's all about. You know, like you said earlier, the guys that. When you walk in an airport or your doctor's office or sitting at the gas station, I mean, just look around. People are constantly looking on their phones. They're not looking at something they looked at yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're looking at new stuff. They're looking at new stories. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watch your stories um, and just watch how many people see them, I mean, it's amazing how fast people cycle through stuff. Yeah. But it's the world we live in, you know. It's like like we always say about filming, you know, and, and editing shows and – I, I've heard you say it whenever you're teaching the class. Um, 
you know, three to five seconds, and it goes to a different clip. Three to five seconds, you know, it's, it's like a flashcards. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what our brains are in tune to now. We're not going to go home and sit there and go, man, I can't wait for the Simpsons to come on Sunday night mm-hmm. or Married with Children because I can't wait to get everybody around the TV and sit down and watch Dukes of Hazard on Friday yeah. night. No. It comes on at 8 p.m. we got to be ready. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. no, and it's been a progression, you know, from the from the wired remote VCR of I don't have to sit there and watch it now. I can sit here and mash record, and then I can go do something else, and I can watch it when I got time. To oh, now we got a DVR. We don't have to sit here and watch. You know, we yeah. don't have to, I can record it. Oh, now I can fast forward through commercials. I couldn't tell you the last time I sat and watched live television. No, couldn't I, tell I, you. I could, dude, sports are gonna live. Sports will be the only thing that keeps TV alive. Yep, because I everybody gets everything from their phone, and if people don't see that. Well, did you see what just, Hulu? Did you see what Hulu's doing now? No, Hulu. I saw it the other day on social media. Somebody posted that Hulu now gives you live sports options, so you can watch live sports. But it not only does it give you the option to watch live sports, it lets you pick what camera you want to watch. Oh, so sweet. you can watch the entire football game from the that uh, I don't know what the the sky cam. Oh yeah, the one that flies around the yeah. string. So these these guys have got like picture in picture. So he's watching sky cam here. He's watching, the, you know, the switcher camera here. Wow. And then he's got, you know, live shots of the coaches on the bottom. And he's got, like, a live stat sheet in the middle. So, I mean, it's like a freaking rocket ship. Yeah. That Hulu's streaming now. That's, you, that's you can't awesome. comp- The TV can't compete with that crap? No. No, not they're not. And without the awesome. internet, without the streaming service, you can't do it. You know, that's. That's where it's going. It goes back to the internet speed, just like we were talking about earlier. You know, that's the lifeline right yeah, now. Yeah, but we can never do live with you. Why? You're a liability. <laughs> Man, come on, dude. Come on. I, live, a... live scares me to death. <laughs> no. There's a reason I don't do Facebook live videos, <laughs> folks. Not only my massive sex appeal, but it's just sometimes I get excited. And get, I get jacked up. Too much hot sauce. I do. and I, and that's But that's raw emotion. Oh, yeah. And like me. It's raw something. John and I have said this a hundred times. <laughs> if someone cusses when they talk to me, I feel like they're being real. Oh, yeah. And, and it's not, I don't want, you know, I don't, of course I don't want to hear a sailor when I'm around a kid or a woman. Like, I don't cuss around my wife or my kids, or I wouldn't cuss around your wife or my kids. But if I get excited, you're You would cuss around my wife and your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you picked up on that. Um, but, no, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just, that that's it's just raw, man. Oh, yeah. It comes out. Oh, we were listening, me and Briar were listening to a song. Um, we, were, we were looking for real songs, mm-hmm. and there was an explicit version and a non-explicit version, and we listened to the explicit version. We're like, we really like that, but I can't put that in the real. Yeah. We listened to the non-explicit version, just didn't do it for us. We're like, well, that kind of sucks. You know, and, and here's the thing about it. Like I told you um, when I got up here this morning, you know, I'm starting the new me, new year, new me crap early. Today's December 31st. I'm changing all my stuff to comedian. And the reason is because I've been studying on this. A comedian can say anything about anybody and get away with it. Yeah, that's a cuss. that's a get out of jail free card. You look at Andrew Dice Clay. You look at the the real Eddie Murphy. Not, the real Eddie, Murphy. right? Not the fake Eddie Murphy. <laughs> the real Eddie Murphy. He's come out of the closet finally. That's exactly. He come back to the real Eddie Murphy finally. Yeah. So you know how many kids he's got? Dude's got like eleven kids. Hey, putting it down. Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy putting it down. Eddie Murphy. You know. I was so excited to see him on SNL. I haven't got oh, to yeah. watch it yet, but oh, I'm going to go good. back and watch when, it. When he was I'm with, not going to yes. be watching it live. I'm going to be going on YouTube and finding yes. it. I watched it. It was actually hilarious. That was actually one of the things because, you know, I listened to him when I was growing oh, up. Oh, God, dude. Everybody awesome. did. Him, Richard Pryor. You know, I look at all these guys that were crazy funny and crazy successful 
and a lot of them cuss like sailors. Oh, God. But you watched them in movies, and you watched them in interviews, and they're still funny. Yeah. They just didn't cuss. Yeah. It, you know, and then, but also look at, like, Jerry Clower, you know. And Kevin Hart now. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those guys are hilarious. And that's why I, that's why I'm saying, like, I try not to, but sometimes that well, realness Well, I've always told people out. you missed your calling in stand-up comedy. Well, maybe. Maybe so. If I was taller, I would have done it. <laughs> you don't have to be tall to do stand-up comedy. I know. I could comedy. get shoes. <laughs> or maybe just put me on a bigger they stage. They put you on a stage when right, you stand-up. Right. But I don't know. But there's always next year. You never yeah, know. There's that is true. So well, apparent, dude. Apparently, I know a couple stand-up comedians that make a lot of money. I don't need a lot. I just need a bunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch, <laughs> which is a little bit less than a lot. So that does it perfectly segue into my next topic. But how much harder is hunting with a cameraman? Let's see. Twice <laughs> as hard, at least. At least. At least twice as hard. But there is an argument to be made. If there wasn't a cameraman on a couple of hunts, they would not have been successful. I can't think of them specifically. I can't think of any of them, actually. I can't even think of any of them, dude. I'm trying to think of anything that it actually benefits. I'm trying to think of. Double scent, double noise, double footprint. I'm like a ninja, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, just that's that was you, it. It was coming suppressing out. It. <laughs> exactly, that was right. suppressing it. You see that? I hit the panic button just then. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> There's no delay well, on this no, thing. No. So now you, you just look at it. You know, just the footprint that you leave. I mean, when you're in the tree, there's two guys hanging there. There's two guys moving. There's two guys playing on and their phone. And everybody knows you like to be hid. Right. I that do. is your number one thing. Well, we gotta get hit. We yeah, stick out because like a turn a punch ball. Exactly. If I've heard that one time, I've heard it a thousand times from you, Caleb. Because we do look at us. <laughs> We're not skinny, brother. There's for five hundred plus pounds of appeal right here hanging off the side of a tree. When's the last time you walked through the woods and didn't see something that was five hundred pounds if it's twenty foot up in the tree? Like, let's just say there's a damn grizzly bear. <laughs> Or just a small grizzly bear or a large black bear. A really big black bear. A really big black bear hanging off the side of the tree. Do you think you're not going to notice that? Yeah. That's Dude, what I'm saying. I say that, but I had a freaking game warden walk into the tree with me one time and never I had to whistle at him. He couldn't find us. Game wardens don't count. A ninja. Game wardens don't count. <laughs> What's that? Because they play mind games. <laughs> they play. They are the mind game cops. <laughs> no. I love police, but game wardens, mind games. He's seen you a long ways off. He was messing with you, hundred percent. That's probably that's true. another podcast. How I know that? How <laughs> no, I know that? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but it, it's it changes everything, and that's what I and, and and. But now that I've done it so much, and you still do a lot of hunting by yourself, I love it. I don't really. I don't care to hunt by myself anymore, dude. I, I would go hunting every day if I could. Oh, I know you could. I know you would because you do. <laughs> you don't work. You hunt every day. That's what my social media looks like. You'd be surprised how many people actually believe that. And then when I show up at their house and I'm working, they're like, but, you're, but you said you were going duck hunting this morning. I'm like, don't believe anything you see on social media. <laughs> because if you come to my house thinking I'm in Colorado hunting, surprise, son. <laughs> Alexa, yeah. play <laughs> yeah. welcome to the jungle. Alexa, kill the lights. Play <laughs> welcome to the jungle and call the ambulance. I've always said, I told my wife this the other night. She was asking him something about when I was going out of town. And I told her, I said, I'm getting a sign made before the next time I go out of town. If the lights go off, run. <laughs> that's that my dream. Run. <laughs> exactly. That's my dream. If you ever break into somebody's house and the lights go off, 
you've done messed up. Yeah. Because that's the guy that's been waiting. Yeah. He's then, been preparing his entire life for this train, moment. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's what she said, you know, because I, I got my helmet right there by the back door with my night vision goggles. She's like, will you take this and put it downstairs? I'm like, no. No. That's if they make it out. I was like, no. If it ever goes down, daddy's not going to be wishing I had my cool toys. <laughs> I was like, one day. There, that is your house. It's on the top of my list for houses I will call before I show up. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I want. That's yes. what I want people that's to know. That's what you need. Yes. That's the way every house should be. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, too, because my kids are like, my friend so-and-so's coming over. I was like, you tell them don't touch the guns. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I told them. Yeah. You know? And then when they bring, when their parents bring them over, I'm like, are you cool with your kids being around firearms? Yeah. Because I'm cool with my kids. Yeah. I mean, my kids, you know, my, my little girl's 13, my little boy's 11. They've been around guns their whole lives, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't hesitate. You know, but other kids, I think that's where people do a disservice to their kids. Yeah. That they're curious because they don't know about them. Yeah. They've never shot them. So that's the ones that go find them and play with them. Yep. I'm getting off on a soapbox here on the the rabbit trail. Sorry. I I say that because I commented on the thing the other day. Somebody, it was some field craft survival something page that I, that I follow. And they, uh, they said something like, what's, what's the, what happens if somebody breaks into your house and I commented, Alexa, play Welcome to the Jungle? <laughs> yeah. Dude, mayhem ensued. Oh, it was I bet. great. Oh, yeah. That's the type of people like me. They're just like, yeah, please do. Just <laughs> yeah. Please don't do it when I'm not at home. Please yeah. do it when I am at home. Yeah, it was, but that's, that was my, that's one of my recent favorite lines from you is Alexa, play Welcome to the Jungle. That's great. Um, Anyway, what we're talking about and how hard. I got that from another good friend of mine, though. Did you? Yeah. Dang it. Well. Well, he was from Vietnam. Oh. So, yeah. He, and he said, uh, Alexa, play Welcome to the Rice Field, and then had an explicative behind it. <laughs> and I thought, that is awesome. That is so awesome. <laughs> so I just used it. Was that, that wasn't the guy that you ran into at the, uh, that old dude? Old no. dude? No. no. No, he was way too old for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was, was World War II, wasn't he? Huh? That guy was World yeah, War II? World War II. Well, now we were talking about how much harder filming makes hunting. Um, self-filming, I wouldn't even attempt it. But when you're with somebody, I see, I enjoy hunting with somebody now. Like, I've hunted a couple times by myself. I'm just, just bored. Yeah. No, I mean, I enjoy having the camaraderie of somebody. But, um, and, I, and I'm spoiled, you know, because we get to go to some great places. You know, we've been to some crappy places, but we've been to some great places. Um, got to hunt and shoot a bunch of stuff you know that's if we're not shooting stuff then we're not doing a good job you know we're not finishing the finishing the deal or whatever but um when you when you add the element of somebody with you in the tree or on the ground blind or moving you know chasing elk or turkeys or whatever it makes it that much harder um and we've talked about how important communication is you know especially when you're doing like we're doing hunts with like turkeys or hogs or something where there's multiple targets of you know, making sure that we're talking back and forth and not, you know, you're telling me and, you know, you're waiting on me to give you the green light. You know, perfect examples when we did the bear in Alberta and we had that big bear come out the first afternoon. Mm. And uh, hurts me. he comes out, read the script, did everything right. And you're like, you want him? I'm like, whenever you're ready, take your time. And what'd you do? I took my time. You did. Just well, a little too long. A little too long. And then the wind, he caught the wind. Yeah. Wind caught us, but... But we had communicated, and you, for the first time in history, were going to let it play out and me get a little footage with yeah, the biggest animal we had ever killed together. Oh, yeah. 
It was epic. It was going to be. I was it just was like, oh, this is going to be dirty, right? Yeah. Well, well, you know, I'm not blaming you, but I am blaming you. <laughs> I figured you, it was you my told fault me before. You told me, what did you tell me before I, told I even you. got to Canada? You said, these things are stupid as hell. <laughs> hell, they just walk right out here. Walk around the tree. Hell, he, we could have done killed 10. He this, did walk right out there. I know. He didn't what? check up. I hadn't bear hunted. You hadn't bear he hunted. He was there playing long enough for me week. to get footage and kill yeah. him. You had you had walked you had you had uh, bear hunted what a week so you were the bear expert. But we were in a tree stand most of the time. I know, but you were the bear expert. I was I not the bear expert. Was not. I was not the bear. You expert. had a smooth week of experience with bear hunting over me. So you got two dummies we from Georgia. Hunted tanners. That does not count. <laughs> I love tanner, but that that raccoon sized bear we seen does not even count as a bear. <laughs> I don't hunter. even think that was as big as a coon. <laughs> no, no, but but no, you so. You told me, going into that, you said, they're stupid. They come to this bait, and they just walk around. Well, flashback in my mind. What am I going off of? I'm going off of what I've seen on TV and what I've seen on social media. They are stupid. Yeah. They walk up here. They're coming to this bait pile. The only reason they're going to leave that bait pile is, A, they're leaking, or, B, they get run off by a bigger bear. So I have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Wrong. I was dead wrong. Yeah. And I'll admit that. I was wrong. Turns so, out, so you are admitting it wasn't my fault. It wasn't really. Turns out when there's two big dummies sitting about 15 yards from you in the 17, wind. It was 17. <laughs> yeah. I ranged to remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, that was a big bear. God, that, that was, was a big bear. bear. And you're a bigger bear. You know, you're not a young dumb one. Mm-hmm. That was. Yeah. That but, probably you know. played something because that was the, by far the biggest bear I had seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would eat every bear that I had seen to that point. Yeah. He was big. So, you know, but we left him for seed. That's part of my management plan. I'd love to see him on the ground because the one we shot was a good bear. I'd yeah. love to see the one that – I'd love to have laid hands on him. Yeah, you know, that was one of those things kind of like when you see a big deer. It's not – you know, everybody in the truck or everybody that, that sees it goes, dang, that's yeah. big, you know. Well, that's what I was talking to my Uncle Darren about last night. He hunted in Saskatchewan in mid-December and killed a big deer. And then he just got back from – Low country South Carolina hunting deer. I was like, those are two different animals. He's like, you oh. ain't kidding. Those are two different animals. They're yeah. not, I mean, they're both whitetails, but they're not the same right. animal. And that's what you have to do. You know, you have to look at your opportunity. Because you know what happened to him? And it's happened to us so many times. He's, I said, well, did you did you shoot anything? He said, I tossed, saw two shooters, but, man, I was on this highly managed plantation, and I just didn't know. I was like, you got gunshot, didn't you? Mm-hmm. He's like, yep. Yeah. I was like, dude, I can't tell you how many times we've been somewhere and be debating on shooting something and be like, oh, we don't want to piss nobody off. Well, that's it, because we're nice guys. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. You and know, then we get back and what they say, why didn't you shoot that one? But see, it'd be a different story if we were paying $5,000 to hunt them. Yeah. But we're going to hunt with guys that we're friends with. Yeah. That we're buddies with. That we talk to once a week or, or once every two weeks. And, you know, you know, it's not a business relationship. And yeah. I think that's the difference in, in us and a lot of people that, that film hunts, you know, because they're out there, they're worried about, 100%, we're going to make a hunt come, you know, we're going to film a show. Yeah. You know, and if he fits the criteria, I'm going to kill it. Well, with us, I don't want to piss my buddy off to yeah. let me come out here and hunt for free. You know, I don't want to make him mad or, or make his family mad if I kill something they're not happy with. Now, even though I might be just yeah. ecstatic. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's don't a take whole a whole nother, lot to get us excited. No, no, but that's a whole nother can of worms when you start coming to but just, sizes. But just how much? I mean, I, I was thinking about that, and I was trying to just think back on all the times that were like, we could have absolutely killed that deer. But how many times have we just sat there and had that conversation? What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? I yeah. don't know. You know, 
I think he's big enough. I don't know. I think he is too. But I don't. I mean, they said make sure they're you know four years older. Yeah. You know this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, he looks four to me. Well, I don't know. You know. Yeah. God, I can't. I mean, we've had that, and I hate having that conversation. Yeah. Because then you know when they turn to walk off, they always look big. Oh God, every time. And that's what's got so much stuff killed around me. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. If you, this, this is what I say. If if I ever get in a fight with somebody and they pull a gun on me. I'm going to run past them, straight towards them, but past them. Because I know what happens. If you ever turn around, you look a lot bigger. They're going to kill you. Because <laughs> I've done it so many times to deer. Oh, when they yeah. turn around to walk away, you're just like, oh, look how big he is. Oh, <laughs> it's the same deer I've been looking at for 30 minutes, but yeah. he put on an extra 20 inches when he turned yeah, around. Yeah, that's crazy how they look bigger. Yeah. Um. So you bought yourself a camera about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And you decided you were going to take it upon yourself to go try to film some ducks. Oh, yeah. How's that went? Oh, it worked perfect. It did. It was perfect. Perfect, huh? Yeah, it was beautiful. Tell me how perfect it is. Oh, it's good. It ain't bad. If I had somebody that actually duck hunted that I could film, you know, but I have to, I have to hunt and film. Now, you want to try self-filming something. Try self-filming a duck hunt, son. <laughs> no. I, I need to be like a monkey. I need a tail and another thumb that works. Because I need to be able to hold on to something and shoot a shotgun at the same time. So you're no. not going to tell me. You're not going to sit there and tell me that it doesn't suck. I I enjoy I enjoy it like filming. Like I couldn't sit in a tree and film deer. That sucks to me. It's I disagree. Just, I know. But like ducks, there's just something about them. And turkeys. Like I love oh, turkeys. I love filming turkeys. You know? But uh, I don't know. I just don't. I don't like. I don't like filming. I don't like. I don't, I don't like filming deer. I like shooting deer. I like seeing other people film deer, but I just don't care. But, no, ducks are hard. And that's the thing that, like, with Walt and Fafa, you know, those guys that, that filmed Avian X, you know, like the original Duck Commander stuff. Dude, my hat's off to those guys. Yep. You know, because it's like when we started filming boat fishing, you know, there was nobody really putting any effort into it to film it. And when we first started filming it, people were like, oh, man, this is awesome. It's because nobody had really tried yeah. and figured it out. And the same with duck, ducks, excuse me. Um, it's one of those things. I mean, them suckers are moving. They're flying. They're at different places. They don't sit still. And the guy that can film that and take good pictures of, of ducks, they know what the heck's going on. That's what's intriguing to me about it. Yeah. I hate them. I hate <laughs> filming them. I know. But you hate hunting them, too. It's not that I, I don't mind hunting them. But I'm not. It's not near the top of my list. Favorite things to do. Right. I'd much rather bow fish. I'd much rather turkey hunt. I'd much rather deer hunt. I'd much What's because the action? You know, and if you if you get on, but we've been on some terrible duck hunts. Oh my god, that was one of the story. That was the first story we were going to tell. Is North Dakota? Yeah. But what when the the duck hunts that we've tried to film? Have you ever filmed a good duck hunt with me? We had that one hunt with Jason Texas. Yeah. Season two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. But the sun was in our face. Yeah. Terrible hide. Yeah. It, and I say it was a good duck hunt. Well, I mean, we killed them. And that's the thing about it is that. You but think, the, but you they were like, never they were never concentrated in one spot. No. There was no way to make it like. You had eight epic. guys shooting. Yeah. yeah. You know, nobody was on board. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like, to film a duck, a good duck hunt, you have to, A, have the right people. Not only behind the camera, but the guys behind the call and behind the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's if, a it's a team effort. Yeah, if they don't put the work in to set up for the guy filming, they're just going to have crap. They're yep. going to have a black dot in the sky that 
sucks. looks like every other one. Every other yeah. duck hunt that everybody – you might as well pick your iPhone up and film it. It's yeah. going to look better. And I think Walt and Fafa could tell you that. But those guys are a freaking master of it. I mean, yeah. they've done a heck of a job. But they went in with a purpose. They went in saying we're going to film these, not going to kill these. Right, you know, right. They, and, you know. and, you know, and that, that was what I think people just have to set out to do. Yeah. Well, we did a North Dakota duck hunt that was miserable. We drove 20 – Two hours. 22 hours one way. Mm-hmm. We were there for five days. Nick killed limited ducks the whole time we were there. Like combined, I don't think. Yeah. We, we scratched out a few most of the time, but it just never was. Well, we saw tons. Yeah. They were just, just never in the fun. stratosphere. But there again, like I said, you have to set out. We went on what? We went on a blind. You know, that's when we went with Spencer and the Rolling Thunder guys. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a good report, but it fit the time frame. It was in between that lull, that October lull. The deer's hunting. The deer hunting was sucking. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have nothing else to film, so we said, "Oh heck, let's just go to North Carolina and try to shoot some ducks." Four grown men climbed in a truck, right. pulling a twenty-six foot enclosed trailer and drove North Carolina, North Dakota. But it's the same. And this is this is the thing: is that filming duck hunting is the same as filming deer. It's the fa- same as filming bear. If you went to film a spring bear show in the summer, it would suck. If you went to film a whitetail show in July, it would suck. You got to be it, there when it's you, good. Yeah, you got to be there when it's going down, and that's the problem with with waterfowl is it's during Christmas, or it's during ATA, or it's during mm-hmm. shot show, and you know, or you got to go to Canada. Yeah. Now, just like this year when I went to Canada, smoked them. Would have made an epic, epic couple of shows, but where were you chasing out? Mm-hmm. It's epic end of September. You know, middle of September through through the beginning of October, so it's just uh, like you said, you got to set out on that purpose if you want to film waterfowl. Yeah. Well, uh, what has been, if you can think back, what has been your favorite trip and or show that we've done over the last couple of years? Mm, that's a tough one right there. You can say a couple of them, but you, you know, some of them that stick out or don't have anything to do with the kills. Oh no, um, sure, just. You know, some of the stuff we've seen, like, um, one of the coolest ones, of course, I think, was Canada. You know, when we went up there with Mossy Oak guys. Uh-huh. That was just awesome to me because it was something I never, honestly, growing up, I didn't give a crap about killing a bear. Yeah. You know, even up until when, uh, when, when Mossy Oak invited us to go on that hunt, you know, I was just like, I, you know, I don't really care about killing a bear. And then when they invited me, I was like, well, I'll go. Yeah. You know, heck yeah, I'll go with you. And then once we got up there and started bear hunting, I'm like, heck, man, this bear hunt's pretty dang cool. Yeah. But just seeing that different side of it, and I guess it was because I wasn't interested in it. Mm-hmm. But then once I went and done it, I think that's one. Of them, I think that's why it sticks out. But then the trip I did to Brazil with JP, that one, uh, the bow fishing trip, you know, it was a, it was a, it was totally different. The reason I I loved it, of course, it was cool travel, but uh, it was cool bow fishing. Don't get me wrong, but just the people and seeing. Um, the people, like those native people in those villages, that one sticks out in my mind as probably one of my favorites just because it made me a better person Mm -hmm. in the fact of I appreciate everything I got. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something I don't get a lot from places we go because the places we go, we go to Andrew's place. His family owns 22,000 acres. Mm -hmm. Or we go down to Amy and Troy's place, and they own – 10,000 acres in Texas, mm-hmm. or we go Nebraska, so, so, Nebraska yeah. you know, and, and, and I'm always, 
I don't want to say it in a bad way, envious of, man, this is awesome. These people got all this stuff, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is great. But that's the way I feel. Yeah. You know, I go, well, I got eight acres in Georgia. You know, I've worked my whole life. You know, and I look at this, and I'm like, man, y'all are so lucky to have this. Well, when I went to Brazil, it was just the opposite. Yeah. You roll up in one of these villages on the side of the Amazon River, and they ain't got a pot to piss in you gave throw it out a, of. You gave them a $3 Bass Pro hat, and you were the best friend. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm telling you, those kids were bringing me, like, like little uh, fans and, and all this stuff and, and these little beads. And I'm like, what's going on? And the translator's like, they think you're our chief. And I'm like, what? And he says, yeah, because you're the fat one. <laughs> I was like, do what? <laughs> so everywhere I go, all these kids are bringing me all this crap that they've made because they think I'm fat and lazy. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. But, but no, I mean, I'm telling you the truth. That's, re- that's the reason they were doing that because the chief of the village doesn't work. He yeah. just sits around and don't do jack and gets fat. Everybody else is skin and bones. So just to see stuff like that, I think, you know, it's one of those eye-opening things. That's one of the – that's probably the most memorable trip. Oh, the most memorable trip to me is the worst one, which was Ohio. And it's not – it's memorable for the worst oh, reasons. Jesus. Yeah. But I don't know which one would be my favorite. I don't know. We've got – I'd have to think. We've been – we've done so freaking many – the first ever elk hunt we ever did sticks out in my mind just because of how rough it was and being cabin fever and just wanting to get the heck out of there and the John Trinette <laughs> and everything that went with that one. That one was rough. Um, I don't know. I couldn't even think. That one's that one sticks out. My, and that was my first ever elk hunt. So I was really excited to get to do that. You know, Georgia, you know, Georgia boy getting to go out west to Colorado right. and see an elk and hear an elk bugle. That was that's what hooked me. That trip ruined me. Um, that one's up there for me. Uh, as much as hot as it is and as miserable it is, I always enjoy going to Louisiana oh, and yeah. shooting boat Definitely. and shooting all the, you know, the stuff down there. That's a fun trip and getting to hang out with Yater, that crazy dude. Um, I don't know. I love, That's going, me, that, love know. going to Texas. I mean, if, I don't know. I'll, there, there's been a couple of times I don't care to do again. But right. most everything we've done, I'd be like, heck yeah, let's go there again. Yeah. Be and all think, about it. And that's that's what I think the great thing about what we do is, and, and especially what you do. Man, you because you get to do ten times more than I do because you get to do it with other people too. But it's just, it's a job. But at the same time, it's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, it gets to be a grind, you know, especially like you're just like This hey, year, into this year, it was a grind. When you have a wife and kids, it sucks because mm-hmm. part of you's torn. You're like, I shouldn't be enjoying this as much as I do because my yeah. wife and kids aren't here. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and but, but at the same time, you're just like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, it's like JP, you know, taking, taking us to meet Kid Rock and, and us yeah. hanging out. I'm just like, this is freaking killer, just, dude. But that's, I was talking you to Ryder about that. If we didn't do this job, like, he got to go hang out with Ted Nugent. Yeah. I got to meet Rogan. I got to meet Kid Rock. I'm Foxworthy. I mean, you just name it. Well, that's it. And, and this, this freaking is hunting. And it's not for anything that you benefit from those people financially. No. Spiritually. Yeah. That's my thing. Like, for me to meet Bobby, somebody that I look up to, you know, like I've always said, I wanted to meet Kid Rock and I want to meet The Rock. Because mm-hmm. I look at both of those people and go, those people freaking make a difference on a lot of people's lives. Yeah. You know, and, and some would probably say Kid Rock makes for the worst, but but I don't believe that. I think he's a freaking stand-up dude and a hell of an entertainer and crazy talented. But to meet him and find out, that yeah, dude's just like us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a dang redneck that likes to cut up and have fun, but he's crazy talented, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like him trying to teach me how to play the harmonica. 
dude, I can't play. I can't carry a, a tune in a bucket. Mm-hmm. But it was just cool as grits that dude's just normal Joe, just like me and you. Um, and same thing with all the other cool people, you know. I mean, heck, I'm sitting in Bass Pro besides George Bush. I'm like, if we wouldn't have done this TV show, if I wouldn't have met J.P. Hatlock, it never happened. Yeah. But George Bush is freaking cool as grits. Yeah. You know, just stuff like that. And when I look back over the show, I think that, or over the years, when you say, which one's your favorite one, I think we get a sense of uh, normalcy to cool stuff. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's why my wife says I don't want to come home. She's like, well, when you come home, you don't get to go do cool stuff with cool people all the time. And I was like, well, that's not true. I was like, I enjoy being home with y'all, but... I wouldn't give that part up either. You know, yeah. I love them both. Yeah, they and both th- carry well, as much weight. Well, I think it's that's why it's so hard to think of what my favorite trip is because there's been so many good ones. It's kind of hard to nail down, you know, your favorite one. Right. You know, so. Well, dude, that's awesome. And Ryerstein just got here. We're just getting when you can, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a bad look. Um, well, dude, I appreciate you taking the time, finally driving up here. Yeah. You know, um, carving out your busy schedule, you know. Do I get paid today or what? <laughs> I need to get my check before I leave. <laughs> Today's the 31st of December. I need to get that on the books. I'll get you a check. It it's may, been a rough. It may or may not bounce. It's been a rough year. Uh, today's the 31st. I'm going to go ahead and need to get that check. I'll handwrite you an invoice. <laughs> You'll handwrite me an invoice so yes. I can get a receipt. Yeah. Um, or I'll take cash. <laughs> All right, I'm sure you will. You'll can take... I at least get lunch out of you? <laughs> you can get lunch out of me. Yes. I've had me in here for days on this end. <laughs> Podcast, yeah, we've been talking. We've been talking a long time, but you've been talking a long time. Well, I just want to say that uh, you know when this goes through the roof, I'm gonna need my cut. <laughs> We're gonna base. I'm gonna go on record and say this is gonna be based on a royalty payment. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All, All right, right, buddy. Man. Thanks, dude. Later.